What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri, and you are tuned into our Thursday morning show, Through the Book. And right now, if you're a new listener, we are going through the book of Mark. And in tonight's episode. We're going to be going through Mark chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 1 to 23. I'll go ahead and tell you that now in case you want to get your Bible out and get ready to follow along with me. Other than that, if you'd like more information on our church, you can hit us up at nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. There you'll find our social media platforms that we're on. You'll find whatever information you need about us, where we're at, what we're doing. All that can be found right there on the website. So I want to encourage you right now, go ahead and do that. You're tuned into Through the Book, as I just said a minute ago, and like I said, we're going through the book of Mark right now, and we've been kind of taking a look at the context of the book of Mark as we go. The goal behind the series Through the Book is to give you a chance to have Bible study with me right here on the air as we take a look at original context, and sometimes we like to mix it up in with what's going on now as well. So, and everything in our Bible can relate to something that we're going through right now and today. It may not be specifically named that way, but the Bible speaks to every situation you can possibly go through in one form or or another. And tonight we're going to be taking a look at another example of that in Mark chapter 7. Let's go ahead and start though right there in verse 1. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands. And we're going to stop there for just a second because right here we're taking yet another example of religious garbage and religious traditions that the Pharisees have carried down over the years and held over the people's heads. Laws, rules that they feel like people should be living by if they want to be considered clean. Now part of those rules, where that all originated was in the book of Leviticus. But the deal is, they've gotten so far from that original law and that's what Jesus is getting ready to inform them of here in just a second, that they're missing the point. In Leviticus, there is a lot of mention of staying clean and separating those that are unclean. God was separating a people to be pure in his sight. But at the same time, these Pharisees, as we're going to talk about, have taken so much to these traditions that they've created over the years that the main idea behind what was said in Leviticus has been 
lost. So that's what we're going to start out because this particular part of the chapter, Mark 7, talks about it can be divided basically into two different parts. In this first part, we're going to talk about Jesus' confrontation with the Pharisees and teachers of the law over the issue of eating with unwashed hands. This is a tradition. Once again, it represents cleanliness. So when people are coming in from wherever they're at, the Pharisees would wash and they would clean. And it says all the Jews. And that's important to note there because what we notice there is a conflict of Mark 7 revolves around the issue of defilement. The disagreement over washing hands had nothing to do with hygiene, but it was a matter of purity. The brief explanation of Jewish washings clarifies, and what he's talking about there, the author of this commentary is talking about there, is the part in parentheses there in verses 3 and 4, where it says, The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. They observe many other traditions, such as washing cups, pitchers, and kettles. That's the part it's referring to here. That brief explanation of Jewish washings clarifies the seriousness of the charges, what they're charging Jesus with, the seriousness of it. The statement, the Pharisees and all the Jews, that was mentioned there in verse 3, implies that to be Jewish, one washes hands, cups, and vessels. And if Jesus undermines this tradition, he is redefining what being a Jew means. Moreover, the disregard of purity is serious because it was assumed that uncleanness belongs to the realm of death and demons and breaks fellowship with God. Once again, this is one of those traditions that originated back when they were given the laws in like Leviticus and those chapters back in the Old Testament. And God did set aside certain people to keep people pure. But the Pharisees here have taken it to a whole nother level. It has become a tradition. And we see this a lot in today's society when so many churches are caught up in religious tradition that they're missing the harvest that is right in front of them. And that is what Jesus is getting ready to remind these religious knuckleheads, as I like to call them, of, is that they're missing the point. If if his disciples have violated purity rules then he must be held responsible as their teacher. That's what they're getting at. Okay, so these are your disciples, Jesus. So you've got them breaking our traditional laws. So you're the one going to be held accountable for their mistakes, which was accurate back in the day because, you know, if you're, you're the teacher, then the students, and it's the same with the school districts and things today, what the teacher teaches in class is that teacher is responsible for getting through the curriculum, for getting to certain subjects, for making sure the students get the best education possible. So that's just only natural thinking. But if these disciples have violated these traditions, we'll call them, then Jesus is going getting held responsible. And the Pharisees are doing this not just simply because of a purity issue, but it's a defilement issue because what they're trying to do is undermine Jesus's authority because as we've talked about as we've went through the book of Mark they are ticked off because there's nothing they can do to stop the people from following Jesus because 
He's got the works to go with it. They can't say anything. And they're ticked off because he is stealing their thunder, so to speak. And that's what's going on here. So what they've decided to do was try to call out Jesus in front of a whole bunch of people. Well, if we know by reading our Bibles, that's a big mistake. Because Jesus always knows exactly what to say. And we're going to get to his response here in just a minute. The situation would be similar to guess, and this is out of the commentary as well, I thought was interesting. The situation would be similar to guests from denominational headquarters, whatever the denomination would be, interrupting a worship service while it's going on and asking the pastor, why does your congregation not close their eyes and bow their heads and refrain from talking during the prayers? Is it because they're so poorly trained by you? Are you responsible for this? So it's nothing more than that religious tradition coming back on these people. And right there, we see the heart of it. So, and I thought that was a good example that the commentary used there. Because it's no different than trying to call out a pastor of a church by somebody from denominational headquarters, whether it be Baptist, Methodist, Pentecost, whatever it would be. Coming in the middle of a service, calling out the pastor. That's what they're trying to do here with Jesus. But as we said before, Jesus always knows what to say. Let's go ahead and take a look at Jesus' response here. It says in verse 6 where we left off, He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father and mother is put to, to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father and mother is Corban, that is devoted to God, we'll talk more about that here in just a minute, then you no longer let them do anything for their father and mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down and you do many things like that. And again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them from by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked? Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared, all foods clean. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, folly, and all those evils come from inside and defile a person. So that's a lot I understand because we just basically broke down the rest of what we want to look at today, but we're going to try to get through it rather quickly because I still would like to keep these shows to about 15 minutes and we've got about four minutes left to do that. So let's see what we can come up with here. First of all, 
You need to understand something. He calls them directly out of the book of Isaiah. It's in chapter 29, verse 13. He quotes it from there. It says, The Lord says, These people can't come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules that they have been taught. And that is exactly what Jesus is getting at here. I like the way the NIV has worded that there because they're basing everything on human rules, things that they've been taught over the years that are traditional rules, not necessarily laws of God. And that's where we can get into a little pickle is when man tries to add to God's laws, which we see happening all the time in today's society. So the second part of this section we want to look at here consists of Jesus' stunning announcement to the crowd that defilement only comes from within, from an individual's heart and not from contact with anything external. So as we take a look at this, and we're getting ready to wrap up because once again, I don't want to keep you too long, but understand something. In God's commandments, what Jesus is getting at by bringing this up to the Pharisees Because basically he just called them hypocrites. There in verse 6, the NIV words it that way. Hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. Basically, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. You worship me in vain. Your teaching are merely human rules. They've gotten so far away from God's actual law, and it's all been due to human tradition. Now, traditions aren't always a bad thing, but if they hinder you from the actual word of God, it becomes a problem, which is what Jesus is pointing out here as we discuss this part. God commands children to honor their parents, and in Jewish tradition, that entails more than showing them respect. It also requires providing them with physical necessities. In the case example, what Jesus is talking about here, the Pharisees would allow a son to duck that responsibility by informing his parents that what support they might expect from him is Corban, or dedicated to God, and therefore it cannot be touched to help them. Corban was a dedicatory formula used in setting aside property for God and barred one from gaining profit from it. So basically what they would do is instead of having these sons continually help their parents, as the Bible tells us, respect and honor your parents, and they were supposed to help them in the Jewish tradition anyway to physically continue with those necessities as well. But what would happen is the Pharisees would allow these sons, if they wanted them to be a part of their clique, you could say, they would allow them to dodge that responsibility by declaring whatever they're giving as Corbin or dedicated to God. So then the son could go as far as saying, well, I'm going to give what I have to God, so I can't help you right now, mom and dad. That's disrespectful, and that is dishonoring what God has told us to do according to his law. Jesus says, listen to me, everyone, understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them but by going into them. Rather, it's what comes out of a person that defiles them. Later, the disciples ask him about what he meant by that. And what we need to understand as we get ready to wrap up today's episode is this. Your heart, a person's heart, is what's going to defile you, is what's going to make you unclean. It's what's going to take away your purity. Our hearts are naturally evil. The Bible tells us that. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. Our hearts are far from Him. So what we need to do and why we receive Christ as Savior is come back to Him 
and dedicate our hearts to him. And what that means is getting past tradition and getting back into God's actual word, God's actual law. And Jesus is basically telling us here that that our heart of the situation, it's not what we eat that defiles us or not what we touch externally that's going to defile us. It is what comes from within us because what we speak comes from the heart. And if you're speaking negative, bad all the time, that's what's in your heart. That can defile you. That's why we need Jesus to save our souls. I want to go ahead and stop there today. I know we're at the 16-minute mark, so I want to go ahead and quit. But I want to thank those of you out there listening. Next week, we'll continue where we left off there in verse 24 here in Mark chapter 7. I hope this was helpful today. I know they're short, but that's what we try to do. Just give you a quick word on your way to work or wherever you're headed during the day. God bless each and every one of you. We'll see you next time.